0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy.
1: What's what the poster said?
0: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie. Critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because no. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May third. Rated PG thirteen.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile.
1: Hey, White Sox fans. Oh, I got a treat for you today. It is the mothership podcast, Southside Sox podcast number 56. And this is one of the special ones. These are ones I really like a lot because I get to, for the first time, sort of introduce a new voice, a new, a new writer, a new fellow fan to you, the readers, the listeners of Southside Sox. We got back to back experience, but leading off for us, and we're going to get to her. Playing career soon it's jackie Krestel, and first of all jackie welcome to Southside side talks and welcome to the podcast
2: thank you i'm really excited to be here thanks for having me
1: uh okay we uh you know i haven't asked anybody you know i've done maybe a handful of these uh and i haven't asked anybody this yet but i'm gonna ask i putting you on the spot all right so when i bugged you and said hey hey jackie um i'm somebody you don't know but would you like to maybe um be a writer or do something for um something called southside Sacks. uh what do you think
2: um well, I said this in my response to you, but I was equal parts flattered and intimidated <laughs> um, you know, I did uh do a little bit of writing in college. I was um the editor of the sports section of our newspaper, so I had a little bit of writing experience and i yeah, I could do that, but i I sat on it for a while just because of introvert
1: reasons.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But other than that, I was more just excited because I, you know, I spend a lot of my time talking about the White Sox anyway. Um, So I'm excited to get to know the team. I'm excited to get to start writing. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go.
1: I'm, uh, I I like the way you're down, you're downplay, you're downplaying experience. Like, oh yeah, I was just, yeah, in college, I was like, just I was just like sports, uh, the sports editor. <laughs> it was a small house. It was a small house. Okay, so it was like a single sheet, like taped right. up in the bathrooms. Okay. Pretty always.
2: much, pretty much.
1: <laughs> okay. See, we're getting to know each other on the fly. <laughs> and that's what's great about these podcasts. There is no editing. And of course, you listeners and occasional viewers are aware of that. Uh, okay, so... Definitely glad you uh, followed your better impulse and said, hey, why not? What I got to lose? I'll say yes. And to be honest, um, Jackie, there's some, maybe there's some ulterior motive here because uh, you were an ace pitcher. Uh, and I think we may, you know, we just may need you on the squad. So tell me a little bit about your playing career, because um, I've just seen, just casually, I've seen some, uh, some clippings and some headlines and some highlights.
2: Yeah, that happened last night, because I found out that Colleen Sullivan, um, another contributor, um, went to one, my rival high school in my district. And she played fast pitch softball. I played fast pitch softball. We're about the same age. So we found out that we played each other. Um, I thought that was fun. Um, but no, I, I did play softball. Um, so I always tell the story that my, my dad, who was a baseball player, um, not professionally, obviously, but, um, he had three little girls and he did not know what to do with us. <laughs> so he did the only thing he knew which is to teach us to love baseball and rock and roll. And that's probably why there are guitars in the background. <laughs> and I'm on a podcast talking about the white socks. Um, so anyway, uh, we all, we all played my sisters and I, I was the best one. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> I started when I was real, 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 real little, like maybe five or six like T-ball and stuff um i played an in-house league for a while until i grew out of it then i played um some travel ball played in high school a little bit in college um but another cute story is i I wanted to be a pitcher and so when i came home and i told my dad that i wanted to do that he had no idea how to throw a pitch in fast pitch softball so he uh he went out and bought a book (laughs) and, (laughs) and xeroxed all these pages um so that he could learn to break it down and to teach it to me. And um, it paid for college for a little bit. So, and I might have struck out Colleen Sullivan. I'm not real sure. I don't, see, I don't have the stats in front of me.
1: See, first of all, again, I got to compliment myself, but the wisdom of a Brett Valentini. Pulling a ringer onto the squad, first of all. And I am dying to find out. I mean, we've just like got some random clips where you're hoping maybe Colleen's name popped up. I'm telling you, nothing dies out there. And you being younger than me, there's stuff that exists. I do want to see some chin music thrown at Colleen Sullivan. I want to see that footage. I want to see you backing the big slugger from the rival school off the plate. I want to see it.
2: Well, you know, I... (laughs) I haven't thrown in maybe about 10 years or more. Uh, so it would be just for entertainment purposes at this point. I'm sure I'm not that great anymore.
1: Uh, you. I feel like
2: Al Bundy, but when I was in high school, I was pretty good.
1: <laughs> no. Hey, if it's so. paid for some school that you, you drop the mic on that. If you get yeah. any skill, if you got some of your school paid for, I don't care if it was a tuition of five bucks or yeah. 50,000 bucks, you're legit you do not have to make any case for yourself so uh but yeah i'm still okay whether it's i mean i wasn't suggesting like this weekend we go out and you chuck balls at colleen's head but i am waiting for that footage from i thought
2: we were gonna start a team are we playing (laughs) are we gonna start a team wait uh
1: now now, now i see you like now we should yeah see now i see you like backing away like what am i doing this for you asked me and now Jeez. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think we I think we have enough to feel the nine. Yes, I think we do, all right. Jackie. Cool. <laughs> um all right. So let's uh let's zoom it a little bit to Sox fandom. I'm gonna guess this connects also to your father, but uh, just tell me a little bit about uh how you came to being a Sox fan.
2: Sure, it does connect to my father. Um so my dad was a baseball player and we are from the Southwest suburbs, and it just by you know, geography kind of got linked up with the White Sox. Um, so as I, I was telling you, like the first season that I really, really remember was from 1993 um, when we won the AL West. I was 11 years old. You can, you don't have to do the math on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but that's the first team that I really remember, like, you know, Alex Fernandez and, um Wilson Alvarez and Lance Johnson and, you know, um, Jack Black. Oh, Jack Black was my favorite or like Jack McDowell. (laughs) Um, he was my favorite. Robin Ventura was my favorite player. (laughs) Um, and it, it was something that we all did together as a family. Um, you know, we would watch games together and go to games together. And it's, it's really just, um, from birth been, um, part of my life. And, I wouldn't have it any other way.
1: Yeah, I'm going to interrupt uh, Jackie's uh, deeply personal and great White Sox story <laughs> just to interject that uh, generously or not, um, at some point in negotiating everything, um, Jackie thought that we were close to the same age. And she can't change her answer now. It, it's down. But, yes, I was in graduate school watching that Uh uh, okay. ALCS and being very disappointed from far away from Chicago sort of it made the loss worse because I was sort of all alone just watching nobody around me cared and so it sort of made it like sting more than the fact that there was the blue jays beating us and I that was sort of man so yeah I'm sorry that there was sort of like some joy and then ultimately I guess some sadness one of the first Uh, real great Sox experiences I remember having was would be 10 years earlier, 83. That was probably the last time I think I can remember crying over a game when when uh, Britt Burns gave up the home run and it was like this White Sox team was supposed to win a World Series and this is the way it was going to be forever and boy, I didn't know it was was going to take another 20 years.
2: I I was probably crying too, but I I was a year old. For
1: other reasons, (laughs) understandable. Uh,
2: And I just assume that everyone on White Sox Twitter is A neonate. So when I see someone who's not, I'm like, oh, I think we're the same age. (laughs) (laughs) You're
0: right. Yes, it's a big
1: group of people. It's like a 50-year block, but we're all, yeah, we're all, we're all the same age. Um (laughs) now we also uh this is always tickles me. It makes me feel like I've gone to every White Sox game ever, when I really have uh, I have not, aside from the brief time covering the team. Uh, but it does turn out that a lot of times favorite games of uh people on staff here are ones I'd happen to be. At, and I think one that you cited, and again, bear saying, all the links already in the article running with this podcast. That uh, uh, Jackie Crystal's, uh Meet the Players is up along with this podcast uh, here on Thursday morning. So you can learn a lot more about it, and we'll cover every detail of that Meet the Players. But uh, one thing that jumped out at me was uh, ALCS Game Two, the uh, the AJ Dr. game. Yes. Uh, you know, I was I was there as well. And uh, the one, you know, one thing I remember, you mentioned how uh, how loud the crowd was when the Sox actually won. The thing I remember, and I'm sure you do, too, when it, was when AJ ran to first base, because I remember it was sort of like, you know, none what's, of us knew what was going on. And we're just why? talking in the
2: stands like, did you see what happened? Yeah. Why is he at first? What? I mean, you're sort (laughs) of like cheering,
1: but like, how did he do it? And whatever black magic he used, we were like, okay, good. He's on first base. But yeah, I remember just everybody was like, what, you know, how are you going to know? I mean, the the dugouts didn't know really. So, I mean, how would we know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's one thing that really struck me. And then of course, you know, winning that and sort of getting back into things uh, still being sort of up in the air, you know, that was the Mm -hmm. one time, I guess, in that whole playoff run aside from before the division series even started where, there was some uncertainty about what they were going to do by the time, you know, obviously they didn't even come back to Chicago for that series, but, uh, and a good story uh, again, if you, yeah, we're not going to recount it here. or Maybe we will. You can Uh, read it. Yeah. You can read it. My
2: second favorite game. I was at the blackout
1: game too. That was my second favorite. Another game we were at together. Were you? Okay. And you know, I have to say, uh, uh, Jackie and I, we suspect we may somehow be related. It's a very strange story. We definitely can't get into it. We might be related. But aside from that, uh, maybe we were sitting together because, yes, Blackout game. Now that. I'm surprised that you say you can't remember a time it being louder than when when Creedy. Maybe it's because you were in 500 and something was reverberating because that Blackout game was... That was an insane experience. That that I, I don't think we we didn't duplicate during two thousand five, and I don't think it's come up since.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I chose ALCS game two just because it, it culminated in a, a White Sox World Series winner, but the blackout game, man. You know, I'm a pitcher, and that was a pitcher's duel. <laughs> yeah. John Danks, man. Did he? Now I'm forgetting. Was it a one hitter? I forget. Just know the
1: shutout part, but he sure didn't give up. You know, there wasn't a lot of traffic. Man, on the bases. it was, and both, both, it was beautiful. Yeah.
2: And now, oh, now I'm testing my memory. I just remember the game mostly, but I also half remember that, like before the game, they they brought out Nick Swisher to pump us up. Do you remember that?
1: well yeah, I did exactly. I blocked it out
2: <laughs> I did not block it out that was that one game I was at. he came up like oh we're gonna go we're gonna go I'm like so what did they here, Nick
1: Swisher so what did they what tell him uh Nick uh you're not playing today but we want you to earn your salary so go on and cheerlead I don't, I don't know if it's Now
2: my, my memory is blurry I, I'm pretty sure it was that game <laughs> but it was as one playoff game that I went to and they trotted out Nick Swisher to pump up the crowd and we were all just like
1: I can't knowing that now, Jackie, unless you've completely hallucinated it. Knowing that now, I'm I did shocked. not, I did not hallucinate it. I am shocked we won that game then, knowing <laughs> that the Nick Swisher curse was laid on the team before the game. It was, yeah,
2: it was one of those games. I mean, it was a playoff game, it was a playoff game. So, well,
1: yeah, that, that was, was a play in game, but whatever. And the thing I always like talking about with that blackout game was just how. It was of—it's just 2008, but it was really of a different time because you had this spontaneous idea. Somebody came up with in front of us, "Hey, let's make it a blackout game." It's not something they'd done before, and it was spontaneous enough to the point where there's no branding on the towels. They literally like knocked over a Bed Bath and Beyond semi and like stole <laughs> twenty thousand towels. Here, take your plain black towel and wave it during the game. I still have it. It's sitting right over yeah, there. Yeah,
2: somewhere in that closet is my it's little it's black towel.
1: <laughs> so. But it's so it's so quaint, especially coming off the the World Series. Had those ridiculous like uh, sponsored uh, thunder sticks, and and then they, had, then they had the, stock, so I they had the two. stocks. I have the stocks. I said
2: rally. I have it's in the same box where
1: so, so yeah, the fact that there was just this plain black towel, really, as if like Scott Reifert or Brooks Boyer just went and, <laughs> and went to like yeah went to Beb Adleyon and said just give me all of them. What size you got? Okay, oh, just a washcloth size. Oh yeah, give me those. Could we just we gotta have some? of The game's tonight. Yeah, but uh, probably sent Swisher to go get them.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: You've irritated everybody. What
2: else everybody sort
1: of hates you. You're not playing tonight, Nick. Go earn your key uh robin ventura as your favorite player now again as a pitcher i could definitely see the blackjack thing because he was a badass also and again somehow i've made you into this headhunter who's like chucking high and inside you may have been but i've just made in my head okay in my head i've just been like she's a badass so uh so i could definitely see a connection there but robin just like steady like quiet confidence obviously a a great hall of fame caliber player but what jumped out of you about him as as your favorite player
2: Um, steady. And, um, I came to fandom, right. As he went on his string of winning a bunch of gold gloves. And I'm a person that appreciates defense over than offense, (laughs) although he had offense as well. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, um, I don't know. And that I, I kind of like that, you know, quiet lead by example type, like the Robin Ventura is the Paul goes of the world, because that's kind of how I was as a player too. Like, you don't really need to, I wasn't too flashy. I was just, you know, I went in and I did my job and I did it well, and that's what I saw on Robin. And um, I think, it was, I think it was just his defense because I, I, again, I came to fandom right after winning all three of his gold. Well,
1: so. spoken like a, a he true... was good,
2: man. He was good.
1: Yeah, spoken like a true pitcher appreciating <laughs>
2: I need the defense, the defense to be there behind me yes. I need the defense now, to be there man
1: now let's not ignore I'm guessing again I, 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 I certainly back then wasn't paying attention enough to Chicago prep and college uh fast pitch softball but you were <laughs> you were hitting as well you weren't DH yeah. for right so how you know how's the was was stick not a, not you Stick was good, you're, stick you're like, was oh, good. Yeah? Oh, okay all right
2: I had um I had power because you know I'm uh I'm pretty muscular. I'm a pretty muscular girl. Um, But on days that I wasn't pitching, I was usually um, still hitting or playing first base. I had a lot of power, which is great, because I am the (laughs) slowest runner you have ever met in your life. I'm like, I don't know who to compare myself to, Prince Fielder or something. I just, you know, I'm super slow. Um, so I needed to hit it really, really far. (laughs) So I was good, man. Um, you you know, softball swings are a bit different than baseball swings, but I had, had to be uh, a little bit shorter with my swing.
1: (laughs) You, uh, yeah. And you mentioned that, uh, uh, Paul Canerica would be sort of your, your doppelganger today of playing. So, uh, you know, I guess the, the sprint off between you and Paul would be, it would be an interesting one. We might have It'd to be, be real patient. It would be close, patient.
2: It would be he, close. He'd probably win because he played more recently than I did, and I don't like exercise that much, but um, <laughs> he would probably win, but it would be close. I would give him a run for his money.
1: Did the did the, um, the Raman Ventura managerial experience uh, affect you anyway? Are you able to separate him as the great gold no. gold player uh, yeah. to the manager?
2: No, I am completely able to separate his playing time from his uh, time as manager. I, you know, we, we all knew what the team was at that point. Um, So I wasn't really expecting him to pull a rabbit out of his hat. Um, You know, he just did what he could do with what he had. (laughs) Um, Mm. And, you know, it's, I'm, I'm very able to separate the playing time from the managerial time. He was just a placeholder. And I think he knew that. <laughs> I think he knew that. I think we all did.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's funny, you know, you sort of link uh, Canerco and, you know, Ventura, just in how we've been talking about it. And, you know, it's sort of funny that before they went to Ventura which it did sound like they had to do some persuading to get him to even take the job and obviously he wasn't just sure. in wait at like triple a like waiting for his chance a guy like Sandberg seemed to be just like salivating after over over becoming a major league manager and Ventura was like you know don't don't bother me I'm, I'm at home with my kids uh but you know Canerco is the guy they asked to like be a player manager before they asked Ventura and yeah yeah White Sox are always innovative in ways that Maybe you don't actually ever want to talk about it. And so I'm here to just remind the White Sox. When has the player manager ever is. worked this outside of the movie Major League? Yeah, I mean, years and years. I mean, I was Lou Boudreaux way back for Cleveland. I mean, it, it's happened. Yeah. I mean, the last time the White Sox did it was Don Kessinger. Those were not good teams. And those were worse teams than no. the uh, Ron Matura team. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's Well, it's, Roger, Roger Dorn
2: of the uh, Cleveland baseball team brought them to a, a pennant, I think. In the movie major league there you he's go. The player manager
1: <laughs> there you go and so it just happens in movies apparently it really just happens in movies all right that's yeah. probably where it should be kept but and and uh, to Kierkel's credit I think he said you're, you're really j-. even more than Ventura said you're really joking you have to be kidding uh, yeah. but um, well I think maybe that takes care of I guess that gets everybody the back of the baseball card on uh, Jackie Crystal so we are gonna take a quick break. We might dip back into uh, her bio. I might, something might pop it in my head. So, you know, don't hold me to it. But we're going to take a quick break. Come back and talk 2021 White Sox, because that's what we're all here for. And uh, we'll be back talking about that in just a minute.
0: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
2: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
1: Hey, that minute is up. We are back <laughs> with one of my favorite, favorite types of podcasts. Of course, the Mothership podcast, because I get to yak throughout it like an idiot as always, 56 times now. This is podcast 56 for Southside Sox. And with me, the lovely, delightful, and don't crowd the plate on her, it's Jackie Krestal. Uh, we've got a little bit of background on her, how she came to White Sox fandom, how she came to Southside Sox. That's been a fun first half. Now let's talk about the 2021 Chicago White Sox. I think a circumstance here in early August better than anyone's hopes could have possibly been. I know definitely outpaced my hopes. Uh, but to this point, uh, commanding lead in first place does seem like they could just cartwheel their way to a division title at this point. How are you feeling about the team and and how surprised are you at where they're at Jackie? I'm not
2: surprised at all that we're good. I think we all, uh, kind of knew that either this, you know, we came together a little bit, um, in 2020, uh, I think we all knew that it was starting to come together and that we were going to be good. And if not good, fun to watch, man, fun to watch. Um, So I'm not surprised at how well we're doing. What I am surprised at is how not well the rest of the division is doing. I thought it would be a little tougher than this. Um, Not not to this point. I mean, but um, I'm going to call that a fluke i'm gonna call that a suit. um so i'm not surprised at all i mean on this rebuild for a little bit and i think it's working as it was designed to and man i think we got it i think we got this division wrapped up but um i'm also a self-hating white Sox fan so i <laughs> well you know maybe maybe something could happen yeah, there's to me.
1: a chance sure North yeah, side I
2: mean- when losing streak maybe that'll happen to us i don't I don't know yeah
1: i mean at this point what they're they're 500 the rest of the way and they're winning whatever it is, um, 90 games. So, I mean, come on. Uh, it's going to be hard to screw this up.
2: Pretty confident at this point. I think we got it. I think our rotation, one through five, I would put it up against any other rotation in the league, uh, including including L.A. with all of their um, fanfare and equity.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, the, the thing the White Sox have is, is health. The, the, the Dodgers haven't had well health and like idiocy of one of the people they signed and et cetera. But, I mean, yeah, they haven't had consistent – yeah, they haven't had a consistent rotation and there's something to be said for that. Um, providing these guys don't get totally gassed. Um, right. You I know, mean, the last
2: remember that happening 2005. Yeah. <laughs> when the pitch mm-hmm. carried us the whole way. No kidding. No. The whole way.
1: No kidding. Because,
2: uh, um, anecdotally what I see from the offense, it's always just, uh, next guy up. You know, we've had a lot yeah. of injuries, soft, soft, soft tissue injuries. Yeah. And, um, you know, when uh when Luis went out, when um Yaz went out, when Eli went out, we were all on Twitter crying into our drinks because we thought that was gonna be it and this was gonna spoil our chances. But it hasn't. It's so you know, um I've been uh delightfully surprised yeah. by that have come up and helped us, you know, whether it's your mean in April mm-hmm. or recently, you know, Goodwin Hamilton. Uh, Sadi Zavala, you know, I'm pleasantly surprised by yeah. uh, the help that
1: we. Yeah, the, the overall amount of, say, like, uh, player games lost, I'm sure is no more than the average team. The fact that the White Sox have been hit with this, all the pitching has basically been healthy. And almost all the very few of the hitters have pretty much been intact all year. Like John Mancata, the guy who wakes up and is wincing out of bed is the one guy who's like been, you know, it's coming off a coronavirus, uh, you know, has been the, one of the few steady and healthy guys. I think that balance is so weird because you look yeah. at the offense and you think we, we may not li- live to see the end of the season. And then you look at the pitching stand and say, you know, you're knocking on wood left and right, but it's like, wow, this is, not only are they great, but, you know, there's not a nick on them. And uh, that, that, that balance, you know, you look at Minnesota. They've had some offensive players out. They've had some, some pitchers hurt. And most teams, I'm sure, are that way. So that's what's made this uh, so strange. And I guess, you know, not because I'm just talking to a pitcher here, but if you really did have to choose which category you want, uh, not that we knew guys were going to step up out of the blue. Billy Hamilton was going to be a factor for this team in some way. Uh, but awesome. if you had to choose, like, legit health, you would want it in your pitching staff, and specifically your starting rotation. in the White Sox have, have yeah. had that in an extraordinary fashion.
2: Uh, my dad bought me a sweater one year that said, "Hitting wins games, pitching wins championships." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what they about this White Sox team. It's like you know, the hitters have come through, um, you know, with clutch hits from time to time, but pitching
1: wins championships. And I like that he pulled something from that book. He got all those years ago for your fast pitch training and put it onto a sweater, like 10 years later. That's pretty cool. Uh, very crafty, very crafty your dad. Um, yeah. I, I agree with you too, to, to point out, it's not even so much the surprise of the white Sox and their performance, but it is the, the rest of the division. We knew the division was going to sort of suck. We, I don't think mm-hmm. any of us thought Detroit would be like the legit second best team in the division, which is very, very faint praise. I mean, Minnesota, I struggle to think of a season for the White Sox where I would have been as crushed as I would be now if I was a Twins fan. I'm sure that season exists. I must have blocked it out of my memory. But to go in thinking you are the – well, go in as the division favorites and then this slop out of the gate. I mean, they didn't even tease their fans for like a month. Out of the gate just being a train wreck.
2: Their run differential is like negative, I don't know, 10,000. <laughs> really, I think that's scary. accurate. How the mighty have fallen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's delightful. <laughs> it's, it's delightful.
2: <laughs> I'm enjoying it.
1: Yeah. Um, the, uh, the look ahead, I suppose, I guess the, the one thing we're in danger of doing, you know, naturally, because let's face it you know, jinxes are ridiculous. Let's just look at this legitimately that the White Sox are going to have to work really hard not to be the division champions. Now, whether that means they're going to be the top ranked team in the AL or the the third ranked division winner remains to be seen, but just propelling ahead to the playoffs. uh, What do you think has changed about this team that will make them better set for the playoffs than a year ago, aside from the sort of strangeness of the, the sneeze of the 2020 season uh, what makes you more confident maybe going into the playoffs this year, Jackie? Hmm.
2: Um, you mean besides like the 10 and a half game lead?
1: Yeah, well, that? Let's assume they're there, but I mean, once we're there, oh. uh, you know, I mean, Gialito had that, he was flirting with like, what a perfect game or no hitter in game one. And then boy, it, it got yeah. ugly from there. Um, you know, I guess the easy, the easy answer is the rotation, but you know, it's just another year under their belt or. Um, it,
2: also, you know, there is a new pitching coach. I don't know how much he's had to to do with that, but um, you know, I don't know if Ethan Katz is, you know, the, the cease whisperer or something. Um, but I don't know, maybe. Who's to say? Um definitely like uh like you said, like a year under the belt would be helpful, uh just as, you know, guys kinda get their kinks out and um work things out and um man. What's going to help us win in the playoffs? It's definitely going to be the rotation. And also, um, since we've added a bit to our, um, our middle relievers, um, that's going to help take some strain off the starters. That's going to keep their arms, hopefully, from dying before yeah. we don't need them anymore. Yeah. Um, so I, I was pleased that the, uh, the deadline acquisitions to kind of help pad the starters, to save the starters, yeah. because that, they're going to carry us on their backs.
1: Well, and Tony has proven among many, 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 many things, Tony has proven to have a very strange, very long leash for his starters. And and I'm old school enough not to have a huge problem with it, but he has worked his starters. And again, the starters have been very good. So this isn't we can't just throw the flag on him. Part of it is warranted, but he has pushed guys further Uh, And and the White Sox have more, they have, I don't know, twice as many, they have considerably more, I don't know, 100 pitch starts, 110 pitch starts than the rest of the league. He's doing something, he's definitely zagging instead of zigging with the trend, and perhaps just getting those couple arms, provided they are reliable from the Cubs, and maybe even a couple guys like, you know, bummer waking up a little bit more, um, makes it easier for him not to be tempted to say, yeah, yeah, just take the ball until you bag out until Giolito's on the mound saying, "Whoa, oh, I was gassed. How could you not tell? Um, I because, was that, he know, should have been
2: gassed in the seventh. And I don't, I'm not even going to begin to try to understand Tony Larusa Cause I just, I don't, <laughs> um, not, wasn't a super big fan of that signing, but it, you know, it is what it is. I'm it's, it's going to be okay. <laughs> We're going to be fine. Um, I'm not a hater. I'm just not a lover, you know? <laughs> um, But like, I was at that game and, and Gio was gassed by the seventh. Like it was almost, I could, I, I could just, I was projecting, you know, yeah. I was like, man, like, look, it's written all over his face, all over his body language. What are we doing? What, what, what are we doing? Who, what are we trying to prove? Like there's, there's a point where you leave a guy out there to make him wear it a little bit, you know, if the game's on a, you know, but not, mm-mm. <laughs> I didn't,
1: and that that was a tricky moment in this season, too, because you didn't really know what the motivation of this team was. You have Giolito coming out afterwards saying, he yeah, he's clearly gassed. And, you know, I, I am absolutely not one who wants to defend Tony Russa in a public forum. But this was maybe the first time where I actually thought, well, now hold on. Katz was out there for a meeting. Grandal is his catcher. He had a meeting with him. Yeah. there's a bunch of guys in the dog. He's on the mound. I know he's not supposed there's no, he can't hold up a colored card that says I'm tired. Can you please take me out? But to th- to just throw Tony on the bus, even though obviously the buck stops with the manager, I thought, Geez, not- man, they're really sort of itching to fire him here because, you know, there were a few moving parts there that didn't just fall to him. Yeah. No, I'm,
2: I'm not blaming Tony yeah. for that. Um, and I just, like you said, with the long leash, I'm, I'm hopeful that um, yeah. we'll get a little better at telling when exactly to to throw the hook. Because I want those arms to be as fresh as they can, you know, come October. <laughs> I want them to be there. This- um, Rodan telling me that his arm's dead on October yeah. 3rd. You know? Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah so, this-
2: like, hopefully we got a better bridge From the starters to you know Kimbrel and Hendricks with those acquisitions that we made, or like you said, maybe Bummer or Crochet, yeah, stepping up up a little little bit there. Um,
1: It's a it's a a terrible way to say it, Jackie, and I'll and I'll say it. Uh, uh, Tony needs someone to take the keys from him. And having this strong oh. bullpen um, allows that. It gives them the flexibility. That's probably a more positive way to say it, Brett. Right? But get that digging dig while you can.
2: you can. You can, you know, you can be a little bit more lax. I, I don't know how to put it. I, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't want to be a Tony Lurissa hater because I really just don't want to deal with the con-
1: <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, I'll take the hit. Jackie's cool. I'm taking the (laughs) hit. Um, But let's talk uh, uh, quickly, I guess, before we we wind this up, Jackie. Let's talk a little bit about that trade uh, deadline and less what the White Sox got because we got two very legit bullpen arms, got a second baseman. Okay, all that. Let's say that's place stuff. Bullpen definitely takes a step forward. I th- let's talk about the loss, the significant loss and not to overlook Cody Hoyer because that's a significant enough loss, although this season not performing as he did in 2020. But Nick Madrigal, uh, uh, where were you at with Nick? How do you project him as a player? Does uh, it hurt to see him go?
2: Nikki two strikes. I will miss him. (laughs) Um, I was, uh, telling my, my friend that the last game I went to, as I was leaving the, the, the ballpark, Nick Vetchel was leaving the player's parking lot. And like, he kind of rolled down his window and said hi to some of us and politely waved and smiled. (laughs) And I didn't know it was going to be goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, I mean, I'll, I'll miss Nick, but I think Cub fans will like him very much, you know? Um, I don't know. Cub fans liked Mark LaRosa and Darwin Barney, so it's not a very hard standard. Um, I I was okay with what we gave mm. up. I, I was okay with what we gave up. It will hurt to see Nico. I liked him too, but I getting getting Kimbrel showed me that my my GM was interested in winning now, yeah. and yeah. uh, Mickey's more of a long term thing and. You know,
1: who knows? What, when is he? When is he a free agent? How long has he been up? I don't even know. Oh, <laughs> Maybe yeah. We get- yeah. 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 It's, it's going to be a number of years of control that they have. Uh, but yeah, I um, was to say he'll st- he would still be technically for a guy that they say is going to play till he's 45 is going to get 4000 hits or whatever. Uh, yeah. He'll just be en- entering his prime by the time he's he's freed. So, uh, yeah, there's nothing that says know. he can't come back if somehow there was that pressing need at second base still on the south side.
2: Sure. But also, you know, I don't know. I, I was okay with it. We're, we're gonna be fine. I, I liked the additions. I like the aggressiveness. And in and, and that Magrigal's also been uh he's been hurt a lot. Um so who knows? I mean we we have these great hopes and these great projections for him but um That's just it. we would kind of around for that to kind of for his uh potential to manifest itself here mm-hmm. um and no ain't nobody got time for that right now we're, yeah. we're gonna
1: right now yeah for three or four years both of his major league years significant injury and this this time around actually gone for a season I mean he missed yeah. half the season last okay. year although that's not fair given the weirdness of the season but uh I think health is a major flag. And I think if there's anything that made the White Sox willing to push forward on that, it would be, Hey, he's not here. You know, if he's right. active, if he's, you know, legging out his triples and, and and hitting Texas leaguers that turn out to be like, you know, uh, little league inside the park home runs. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any talk about sending him to the North side for Kimball and, and, and Jackie, just, you know, for the, uh, For the purpose of future podcasts, you do not have to be polite about the Cubs. You can just go ahead and 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 point out that they're sort of dull. They're not the sharpest tack in the box. And yes, Um, of course, they will love Nick Madrigal because there doesn't have to be a reason because the beer's flowing.
2: I I will be polite to the Cubs though because my husband is a Cubs fan.
1: I don't. don't, I'm not sure how to rewind on this. Uh, I really have to make some hard decisions here, Jackie. Uh, No, of course, uh, many of us have um, loved ones, friends, former friends, um, you know, former spouses, former parents who are uh, Northside fans. I, I do understand. The thing I've noticed about most people on staff here, and obviously it would work out this way because they're on a Southside Sox staff, not on a Northside Cub staff, but uh, whenever there, uh, oftentimes there's this division of, of, a, of a parent is, is going one direction, another parent's going the other, not always unified. And, uh, I always have a special place in my heart for the parent who, who guides a child uh to the to the right side to the light and you know your dad of course is, is a hero of mine for doing that my own father did did the same thing there was no division in my household but uh that's because my mom didn't care so that was an easy one but yeah whenever there's that conflict I always like to know that it is possible for the sock side the right side the side of truth uh to rise up and win because I'm sure too often it doesn't always work out that way and I, my heart breaks for those kids and well, we, I'm hoping that your own, uh, um, your own offspring is learning the right ways. Is there, is there a conflict here? Are we really going to have to have a talk, Jackie?
2: No, we, uh, my husband and I do fight for uh, role of, of the daughters. <laughs> um, and I want to say, it's funny, uh, you know, when I was single and I would think about, you know, I always said I was very serious that I would never date a smoker. And I would never date a Cubs fan. And I was very serious about that. But uh, the universe has a yeah. very good sense of humor because the person was both of those things. Oh, my. <laughs> and well, um, poking. i smoking, I don't think I'm going to get them to kick the other one. So,
1: yeah, Jeez, at um, least one out of two. Yes, at least one out of two. I'm well, proud. I mean, listen, there's a lot of good years. In theory, we, apparently, Jackie, we have a window. So in theory, there are a lot of good years to come. There is room. That,
2: they're going to be coming of age right when we are yes. good, fun yes. to watch, way more accessible yes. um, than the people up north. So I, I have a chance. I have a chance, yes. but I'll get our come up in sprint. So I think they just probably won't like sports at all. That'll be my come <laughs> up. <laughs>
1: Maybe. And listen, Mr. Jackie, there's room too. We're not, you know, we're snobs. Yeah, I'm, I'm a snob. Yes. Yes, because I, you know, I got something in between here, the ears. Yeah, that's where it is, or, or up there. Right. Here. Um, but you know, there's room. Listen, the reformed, we will accept the reformed. It's all right. We can. Oh, talk. I've,
2: I don't know if I can do it. Um, <laughs> I tried. He'll he'll come to game, <laughs> and he, you know, he'll be fine. He won't be a, a jerk about it. He'll... He
1: doesn't have break out a rash. There's no hives or anything. Know. Okay.
2: No, the... he, he wishes well as long as we don't get in his way and I, I I feel the same about them like I wish you well but don't get in my way because then it's I everyone else that I talked to when the, when the Cubs were a little bit better than they are now was talking about maybe there'll be a crosstown world series I said I don't want one because I don't think I think I would get a divorce I think oh, I would um, he couldn't handle
1: it he yeah, couldn't handle it. that would be rough and at least when he has to come see a sock team there's like a good food and like nice people and you huh. know the air smells you know moderately fresh uh boy <laughs> you having to drag yourself to Wrigley oh.
2: I've done that and, a bunch uh,
1: yeah my heart goes out to you but yeah, you're a trooper you're a trooper yeah you just
2: yeah. have to focus on the history like uh I took him on a tour of his ballpark and I was just you know trying to make myself feel better about being there um so we went into the visitor's clubhouse and I was just like okay I'm sitting in this clubhouse where like Lou Gehrig was. This is where, oh, and that made me, you know, I can appreciate the history, but other than that, you know, I, I,
1: the the park itself is all right. I've never, uh, I've never, I mean, you can't argue any of those throwback parks, the ones that still stand, meaning there weren't like 7,000, uh, stanchions in the way, you know, the ones that still stand and have become, you know, endeared. There's a reason, you know. Uh, uh, Wrigley's better in Fenway. Uh, Wrigley's better in Yankee uh, Stadium. Wrigley's not better than Comiskey Park, but I mean, that's I'd a, say,
2: well, there's right not on. a bad eye ballpark. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, well, I hope that we haven't um, got either one of you to uh, filing. I'm not trying to get you in trouble, but you are on the side of right, Jackie. I don't have to tell you that. And uh, Mr. Jackie, um, wake up, man. Come on. There's room. <laughs> Wake up. Uh, Jackie um, Kressel. thank you so much for spending time with us, uh, letting us get a little bit of chance to know you as a fan. Uh, Jackie, we do not really have a, uh, a designated role yet, but perhaps as soon as Sunday, going to be perhaps doing a little bit of writing. So she's going to be jumping in as soon as possible. And you've listened to her on this podcast. So you know she knows her stuff. Sharp, fun feisty. And if nothing else, she's going to pull down one of the guitars and just jam a power cord if she's like got a little bit of like a uh, uh, writer's block. So this is an all-around fantastic acquisition. Once again, I will congratulate the general manager of Southside White Sox. That will be Brett Valentine for this acquisition. Once again, at the deadline, got her right in under the wire, and it's a very important one for us. So enjoy her meet the Players. Uh, enjoy her coverage coming up. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Thanks, everybody, always for listening, reading, sometimes even watching. And uh, let's see, in a future podcast, I guess we're just going to have to talk rock and roll, Jackie.
2: We can do it, Brian. I'm, I'm ready. I'm down. All right. Rick,
1: Thank you, everybody, for listening, as always. And uh, this is your introduction to Jackie Crestle. Thank you for being part of this, uh, Jackie, and hopping on with us. And uh, we're going to have another Southside Sox podcast. Heck, man, it's 57, and that's coming up on friday it's relentless the pay you thought it was gonna die with the trade deadline Mm -mm. it's a relentless pace so we're going back to back jackie's leading off i think she hit it out of the park thanks for joining me jackie and uh let's do this again real soon
2: okay bye